0: It is podcasting day, and it's um, quite a special one, I would say. So I'm super excited to get kicked off with um, just our chitty chat, chat, chat. But, of course, before we do, who the heck are you? Well, I'm Rachel, Rebel. who the heck are you?
1: (laughs) I am Jess McGovern. Yay, I love saying that. Um, Formerly Jess Anderson. And you can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook, You can also search for my super private group, it's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. Um, And it's super special because I just posted earlier this week, uh, my Black Friday deals. So if you're looking to get a boudoir session done, um, anytime in the next like eight months, you're gonna wanna check out my group to get in on those sale prices.
0: So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jess and I are filming um, via Zoom again today. So I'm gonna kick her volume up. You're gonna hear the ding noise, just so you know. Ta-da, it's magical. And yeah, Rachel votes. So vote for parties on Instagram. If you want, you can definitely be on uh, Facebook. Um, just follow me there. Private 18 year old or <laughs> private group, 18 years or older, feminine energy. If you're interested in some intimacy building, health and wellness, so on and so forth. And uh, next empowerment class, eleven eleven. How friggin' appropriate! It's like two days after my thirty fifth birthday. How friggin' appropriate! So, um, a week after Mercury is no longer in retrograde. How friggin' appropriate! So, make sure that you get with me if you're interested. What is it? Oh, good question. All right, you got some discord in your life. You're looking for some clarity, some ease, whatever. That's probably something we could talk about and you're interested in uh, building some momentum in positive change and better results, whatever the frig you're looking for, uh, this would be in your wealth, your relationships, your mental and physical well-being, your spirituality, and or your pension. So you can do the empowerment class uh, with other people. I think I, I should probably mention, because it's been a while since I've said, that they not like a forced participation class, by the way. Like I think people might think that you have to share a lot about what's going on, and you barely do any talking. You're welcome to share, but it's definitely a lot more about absorbing. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, and if you do the one-to-ones, you definitely do a lot more talking intentionally because then we really get to fine-tune what tools you need for your particular agenda and each of those goals that we discussed. So uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. Hopefully that was clear (laughs) enough. Okay. Oh, no, but by the way, November 19th, product testing. So if you are yeah some new things were dropping in the intimacy world y'all so if you're looking to be like a product tester you're like is that a thing I remember the very first time I'm gonna give my girlfriend uh Megan Badiato a shout out okay this girl and I have known each other forever we went to Australia together even for that ha <laughs> people to people by the way Yeah. I remember like um we used to like kind of kick it we were close and when I first started with PR and I did like a product testing she was like like commented and she was like you want people to try things out and then like report back to you and I was like Oh, I guess that probably does sound weird to people. Like when I was like because I was like, yes, yes, I do. Uh, so yeah, here we here we are seven years later. I still do product testing. So in my eight year career, it's one of the um, most favorite things that people like to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like I like product testing. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right, so anyway, alright, alright. So today, um, as we'd mentioned, um, if you tend to listen to this in the future at any time, it's, it's, a, it's a monumental day, whether you follow or not, I guess, if you're living in the United States, because today's election day, so uh, November 3rd, 2020, uh, when we post this, there'll be I would like to say there would be some news about a president but there will probably be just my prediction is a lot of arguing about oh, yeah. what's oh, happening yeah.
1: today the mayor of lincoln even posted like please be patient because although like lincoln will will announce our local results tonight like other states may take a couple of days for counting for all tallying all of their votes and i predict that there's gonna be a few key cities that are gonna demand recounts just to make sure everything's accurate. So I personally do not expect to know who the new president of the United States is until like Thursday or Friday of this week. So that's just me, but we'll see, nobody knows.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna throw my prediction in the hat too, only again, I mean, this is not political, it's just because like, this is my prediction and we're posting it tomorrow. Um, because I, I mean, I'll say that I was wrong in the last election Really? Oh yeah, like I thought Hillary was going to win. So I was wrong See, in the way that I yeah. felt the day before the election. I was right in uh the previous election. So anyways, my prediction for tomorrow is I do believe uh I don't care where you stand. This is not my wish. This is my prediction. I believe that Biden will get it, but I believe that again it will be so messy and not even I mean I don't I don't think it'll be as close as it even was last election. I think it'll be he'll 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 inch a little higher. But it'll just be like what you said. It's just going to be such a cluster that that's why I pretty much I put my vote in the hat. And I just want to walk away from it. And just they're going to fight about it and fight about it and fight about it. I got more things I got to worry about in my own life. And that's that's all I wanted to say about that. So wherever we are tomorrow, this actually is going to segue into what we want to talk about. Because um, here's the thing. Like I think the most um, evident thing that my, my husband could have said to me about this was that it's like nothing changes tomorrow. Just so we know. Yeah, nothing changed. It, regardless, if everything was smooth, like these two people were very civil with each other and shook hands and was like, "This is this was this was a great this was a great opportunity," you know. It, even if it was like that, the next the very first day, nothing changes. First of all, and, and nothing changes officially, quote unquote, until what is it? January, February, Or January, January, January. This is how I tapped out I've become. This is ridiculous. Um, Same, but also that. It takes time for anything, anything like the things that are rolling out in legislation becoming laws right now are things that could have been enacted or brought to the table three months, six months, two years, four years ago at the very beginning. So I think that there's there's a lot to s- There's a lot for people to maybe sit back and just try to, like, relieve yourself because the anxiety that you're building, whether you're blue or red or both of them or none of them, is that there will be a change tomorrow. And ironically, there will. It won't be that people are more free and women make the same amount of money (laughs) or whatever, you know. But energetically, there's going to be a massive shift one way or the other.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because... You know this isn't like a political statement or anything but for the 2016 election um October of 2016 I actually went to New York uh, because I went to school there and I have friends there still and everyone there was convinced that Hillary was going to win like there it was not even a debate and I personally did not um vote for Trump in the last election I voted for Hillary and I was telling my friends in New York I was like You guys are so out of touch from the Midwest. You have no idea. I was like, living in the Midwest right now, or at that time for me, was full of anxiety just because of the political climate that election. Um, But I predicted that Trump was going to win. I predicted by a landslide. So he didn't win by a landslide, but he still won. Mm. I don't care (laughs) who wins at this point. I just, I want people to get more involved. I want people that if they... um, But like, I really I just hope that more people are out voting this year, like if they really truly feel one way or the other, about who our president is, I hope they get out and vote today. And I've always kind of had the stance of, if you don't go out and vote. You shouldn't complain
0: about who gets elected. Wait, or yeah, not. that's the theory. You don't have the right to complain because you, you you're you're picking your leaders by default at that choice. So yeah. as as somebody, and I am gonna say my piece too, and then we're gonna roll. I mean, because again, this this segues. So like you're like, nah, I want to talk about this. it. Segues, I promise. And part of this again, this has nothing to do with telling you who to vote for. I want you to listen to the evolution for me of where I've come from because. Um, I came from a very politically active father like he used to picket with like he was a railroader so he was a union and so he like when Goodyear went on strike which all of my uncles and my grandpa worked for and retired from um he went and picketed with them like I always thought that was badass like for real and um then when as part of being in the railroad, he was part of the union. So he was a secretary for years and years and years. And he took that very seriously. Like, not like like an egotistical, like it was a brotherhood. It was a brotherhood and they stood together. And when when somebody was not being treated fairly in their organization, they all stood together. And that's the power of what a union is, obviously, with regardless of how you feel, that's the intention of it. So my point is, is that... I remember in ninth grade uh, ninth grade government, I came home and we were having dinner that night and I told my dad that I took the quiz, that basically tells you like where you align with and mine told me that I was independent. And we, we talked about this on a previous podcast and my dad said, mm, nah, you're a Democrat. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, the thing said, like, I was like, almost 50-50. And it quite surprised me because I anticipated that the quiz would tell me I was a Democrat. I knew that my father was more liberal than most people. Um, but when it came back independent, that kind of actually was like, I feel like that makes more sense. You know, like because when I was reading things like from the conservative side, it would be like people should be financially responsible. Like I was like, huh, that's a very fair statement. Like I don't feel like, you know, like it's not people need to be greedy with their money and hoard it for themselves and that's where I want to go with this is that so so I accepted the label from my dad I'm like, yeah, yeah yeah, cool whatever because theoretically when you register you need have, you have to pick a party if you're going to be um, voting in major elections <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that so um, I think it's bizarre because you should be able to register whoever or whatever you are and vote however you please um, but that's another conversation for another day so all these years I have been a registered Democrat Um, but even I would say since the last election I would register myself as an independent if I could Um, and where I sit today is the same and the reason I say that is because I was a very political person if you tap into my memories like even today of course okay there are lots of things about voting and I I'm I'm proud to say, like it's obvious that I still would if I had to say I had a leniency it would be to liberalism. Um or if you had to align yourself, I guess, with whatever people collectively try to agree upon a person to be in a party, if that makes sense, right? That you're following along? I see you tune in, tap in, turn on, right? Um so I but my point is that I've lessened the way that I feel about this so much so that I I maybe watched an accumulation of 15 minutes of an actual uh, debate this year. And I actually want to say, like, I don't think this is an irresponsible thing to do as a voter, just so you know. Because what it's allowed for me to do is to separate myself from all the anxiety and all the fear of what could possibly become, what, what could possibly come, okay? And at the end of the day, all I have is my vote, right? I respect and honor anybody who is out there, mailing stuff phone calling i appreciate that uh at the end of the day what we should want is every individual being a citizen who informs themselves to make the decision that they want right and that's, that's 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 nearly impossible and that's why we have influence and that's why the system works the way that it does but for me i i don't feel like i'm doing an irresponsible thing by just researching who i want to be my elective and then just doing the vote so that's, uh, that's, that's saying a lot coming from where I was. As somebody who almost signed up to do, like, phone banking and, like, other stuff. Like, somebody was like, you'd be good at this. And I'm like, cool. Like, I want to help. I want to rock the vote. I want to get young people involved. I'm like, no, I don't anymore. <laughs> like, right? Like, and not in not a bad way. So if that's true of me in something that I really thought I would be passionate for a very, 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 very long time and I thought would actually only really grow for me in my life. Um, I, we, we can trace that back to just about anything. So the conversation we really want to have with y'all today is that the statement is is that there's nothing wrong with you. Okay? Tomorrow there will be tensions high. There will be, I remember, I, you know, again, four years ago I was a different person, so I can say this. It was my birthday because the election was on the 8th. And so it was my, it was my 31st birthday, right, because it was four years ago, right? Uh, It was my 31st birthday, and I had stayed up very late the night before because everything was going on, and then they, like, quote-unquote announced it, like, between 12 and 1 or something like that, that Trump had won. And I woke up the next morning and I cried. And that was pretty shitty to have to feel that way. But again, that's that was that's me. That was a that I'm. This is not against Trump. Like I, I don't have anything against this guy no more. Like I did used to. You guys like I wished lots of th- bad things about him and would hope that you guys would tear apart his taxes and find out why he was <laughs> interested in porn stars and saying the things he said about women. And now all I have is empathy for a man that I feel like his dad probably set an expectation way too high for him that he couldn't feel like he he didn't feel like he could ever make. And so now he's always wanting to make sure that we love him and that's I think what he's striving for in the way that he can so that's um that's pretty powerful for somebody what I've said about Trump in my life I that's probably the nicest thing I've ever said about him so there's (laughs) nothing wrong with you guys Anything, anything. So I want to just dissect it. I want to dissect it. Because I, I told this story last night. I was telling Jess right before we launched that the reason I want to talk about this is because I feel like I flopped on my face talking about it on my Facebook Live last night, which is another story for another day because I'm not doing so well with them on my personal page, but I still rock them really pretty hardcore on my VIP page. Man, eh, I think it's a vulnerability issue. Yeah. Because it's public on that side. On the other side, it's safe where these women are here because they want to hang out with me does that make sense yeah but uh you still have like four
1: thousand people in your private group so how <laughs> well, private is it really <laughs> like so i mean i just say i definitely think you're in your head about it but i bet you'll get there
0: yeah i know but that's why i'd like, like i can't stop because if i stopped and i'm not gonna I'm not gonna get there. Yeah. So, so I did. I, I did a crappy live. Okay. So <laughs> I'm saying, I did a crappy live, and I really wanted to talk more about it, where we had some more time, because I like to keep those pretty short and sweet. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna start off with the story again because I think it's great, and I might have told it. uh I, w- I would always say this. It's just because we feel sorry when we say, "I've said this on a podcast before." Sorry, because we just—it's always good for repetition, anyway. So. Um, I read this book. I've read a lot of books, so I'm not sure which book it came from specifically, but it's by Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle is a new age thinker. Um, Check him out if you want to. He's a cool guy, okay? But here's this um, expansion he gave me on some type of acceptance about not myself, every single human being on on planet Earth. So how to... um, How to have empathy, number one. And when we talk about the scale, we talked about previously, you know, we're talking about hitting limits of 200 is level of integrity, 300 is like hanging out being cool, 400 is level of intellect, 500 is um, love, 540 is unconditional love, so 575 is like acceptance or like letting go of resistance and so on and so forth. So that's kind of where I feel like this will hang out. So this this should feel like a good conversation because I believe in my belief system, I guess, is that I, at every person's center and core, they are good people, but they have just gotten lost on what that means to be a good person. And so yeah. that's what we're going to pick apart. Okay. So, um, anything you say before I keep rambling? No. Okay. I think you're doing a good job. All right. All right. All right. All right so, the first thing I want to talk about, um, Oh, the story. That's where I got squirreled. All right, Eckhart Tolle. All right, so cool guy. So this book I was reading, so he was talking about, it opens so great. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice. I want you guys to just go find it and read it. Okay it's great. So it's very detailed and um the gist of it is is like it opens up with there's a bunch of people on a bus and the bus is jam-packed except for this one bench where this lady is sitting by herself and the seat next to her is open and nobody wants to sit by her because she is like actively having a conversation with herself like full-on like turning side to side like gestures, mannerisms, inflection, so on and so forth. So nobody obviously feels comfortable and um, doesn't want to sit by her. So when the bus comes to a stop, she gets up to get out and he gets off the bus as well. And again, I'm going to just reiterate, I don't remember if he said this was his personal story, if somebody else told him this, whatever, it doesn't matter. So there, he's he's a little bit behind her. She's walking ahead. She's still kind of like, you know, has some eccentricities about her. Uh, And he's obviously asking himself questions like, you know, I wonder like why is it that she... Why does she vocalize out loud? Like, does she not see that people are paying attention to her? Asking all these questions. And so she comes up to this prestigious university, which is where he is actually about to head into where he works as a professor. And so now he's like really confused about why she's going into the same building as he is. And so he tries to keep up with her because now he wants to kind of figure it out. And um, so in in the mess of things, he loses her. And he, he feels like his brain is just racked with like, now I, I'll never know and blah, 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 blah. So he darts into a bathroom and uh, kind of catches his breath and like wipes his brow and just like, man, I really hope I never, I never turn into anything like that. And like then realizes all of a sudden that he's not alone in the bathroom. And like there's this guy standing right next to him and he said that out loud. And it was just like this, re- like I laughed so hard because I'm like, God, who has not done that? Who's not done that? but oh, yeah. when you beat beat back it up like we talk about like you know everything starts from something you can only feel good feelings you can only feel bad feelings and bad feelings just manifest into stress into worry into anxiety into depression and so on and so forth and happy just explodes into joy and jubilation into what are empowerment freedom love appreciation so you know they just it keep expanding outward into a v shape of greatness or not so greatness right so, okay. this is not different, in my opinion. So, um, it, it, if, with that particular philosophy, right? So, all it starts with is that <laughs> you're used to talking to people in your house, and one day you find yourself alone, and you walk into a room and go, what did I come in here for? Okay, well, you just did the same thing that that lady did on the bus, but, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 1, right? And then, yeah. eventually, what happens, right? Like, sometimes, um, you know, you stand in your kitchen, and you maybe say, like, you say something into your head, and then you, you answer yourself out loud. Have you ever done that?
1: Uh, I did that like 10 minutes ago. Right. So
0: you've now amped it up for what did I come in here for to, well, I don't know about that. I don't think I'd do that. That's a full sentence that you just had with yourself, right? (laughs) So you can see, we could go on forever, how, how it could really, it's not too far off to understand how somebody could get to a level where, you're having that full-on conversation outside of yourself, and maybe, maybe it's part the mental health portion of it is that you think you're having it in your head, or maybe it's just somebody who is so aligned with themselves they don't give a fuck anymore because they're just like everybody does it. Why are you judging me for what you do at home? And you know
1: what I mean? Right? Okay. One other thing is like I don't try to do it in public, but I do it at home because mostly when it comes to conflict things, so like when I'm trying to work out a conflict, like with another human being, I will have a verbal conversation out loud because hearing myself say what I'm trying to get across kind of it almost works out the problem for me and it it, it cuts out the bullshit like let's mm-hmm. be honest because if I'm if I'm yelling at the wall pretending that it's my husband and I'm like tell like saying all these things that I want to tell him and then I'm like I don't really want to tell him any of this like it's just all of my insecurities, it's all of my problems It's all of how I'm like my perspective on the situation. Not once did I take into consideration his perspective on the situation. And so then when it comes time to actually talk to him, I'm cool, calm and collected. And I have like a stringed line thought process of what I actually want to discuss with him. So, I mean, I do that all the time and there has been more than one time where Brett has come home and I'm in the shower (laughs) having a full on like fight conversation, like, like passionate, angry voice. And he's just like, who are you talking to? I was like, (laughs) you, like, I was so mad at you that I had to like have a pre fight to get my thought process where I wanted it to actually be, because I don't want to be the type of person that takes out all of that anger and frustration on people anymore. So, and even like passive aggressively. Yeah. And so I'm comfortable enough with myself at home when I believe I'm alone to have those kind of out loud conversations, but I wouldn't put it past me that in twenty years I will be that lady <laughs> on that bus having that so long conversation because I don't have time to go home and be by myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. that, that thought loud. Well, I so. mean, I think that's funny that you say that, you know, because like, so what we're because I would say the same thing. I when we're talking about an escalation of what that is, is right. Like, so I just was saying that, like, I I had a level of insecurity where the the straw on the camel's back broke. And, you know, like this guy made me feel massively insecure about myself. And so I went into my bedroom and I paced back and forth and I just word vomited, just like you had said, just to get my thoughts under, you know, under control. And if, well, Olivia did come in because I was in there for probably 10 minutes, you know, just blowing off steam. Um, so she came in, you know, did I stop? No. Why? Because I, you know that I felt zero judgment for my child who was watching me do this. Okay, that's part one of it. Right? But if Tony had come home, I would have been so embarrassed. And of course, I wouldn't, but I, I, if he would have heard me, I would have covered it up. I would have said, What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, but I definitely would have stopped, right? I wouldn't have continued the release of that emotion as you just talked about. So the thing that th- that person could be doing is relieving themselves emotionally if need be and it just gotten to that catastrophic level as we would consider it or whatever. But it's actually that we really we really set ourselves back why we don't utilize the tools that work best for us because we're afraid of how it'll make other people feel uncomfortable exactly. in public. But I wanna take that back a second of, so I just said that when my daughter walks in the room and sees me do this, that I don't change my behavior. So not only am I displaying to her, hey, this is totally okay, which is great because I want her to talk out her feelings, but <laughs> just re, re, like, reintroducing the pattern to her to talk out loud like a crazy person. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not crazy. It's just not crazy. So that's one thing. So I want you to bank that one with your emotional health um, and your mental health in, in general, you know. And then be more empathetic towards people that you think are crazy, Um, you know, like – that would slide into, in my opinion, another conversation you can have about prescription medication. Again, I would never tell you to stop taking it, and always work with your medical professional. But make sure it's a medical professional that you feel like is supporting you and what you really want to get out of your treatment plan. Do you want to stay on that medication? Do you want to lower your dose? Do you want to change? Do you want to find alternative methods to introduce maybe a long term effect? Those are all okay. Um, but I just, I just want you to hear that. I guess I'm gonna say so. Let's let's switch that. I'm gonna switch that up to let's talk about. Um, Mm, I mean, they're all kind of, like I would say, some people would be like, I don't know if I want you to talk about that, so we're going to talk about them all. I I want to talk about um, sexuality. Okay, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about gay friends. I want to talk about um, our lesbian friends, our bisexual friends, our pansexual friends. I mean, we get listed all all forever and ever about what what we could recognize as. Okay, so here's the thing is, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you for whomever you find yourself attracted to, whatever you find yourself attracted to, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes your nipples erect. Like as long as you again are a consenting adult with somebody who else who also wants to be there and it's safe and it feels good, there's nothing wrong with you. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with you. So, how do we how do we dissect this one in the same manner that we just did with the mental health, okay? So, I reckon, this is all, I mean, it's like uh, two white chicks who recognize as heterosexual are going to talk about this. Yes, because we have the platform to be able to do it so that, oh, by the way, well, it doesn't matter. You'll see some special guests coming on when um, Anderson's on maternity leave, and I'm super excited about it because we will get to mix it up from just two white chicks, okay? (laughs) It's going to be great. Uh, It's going to be great. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) Yes. So, um, mm -hmm. Well, my
1: journey with this is that I I do identify as a heterosexual female, but I grew up with gay uncles. I grew up with a bisexual sister. So the idea of same-sex relationships was never wrong. You can't see my air quotes, but I never thought of it as anything different than a man and a woman being married, like in a relationship, whatever. Um, And so I truly grew up with the ideals of love is love. If you don't believe in gay marriage, don't say yes if a gay man proposes to you. Like it's, it's one of those things where if it's not affecting my relationship, why do I care about somebody else's relationship? Mm-hmm. But the thing that I have kind of like, this, was, this next sentence has come up in conversation with Brett and I um, about a bunch of different things recently. But it's, I feel like because we are the millennial generation that grew up, it right as the technological boom happened, the generations before us were living under a mentality of we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about those things. So if you were at home feeling differently than your parents, you really didn't have that many people to turn to. If there was nobody else in your community that was openly feeling these things, you had no one to talk to, um, potentially. Um, and you potentially had nowhere to go that you felt safe. Now with us being millennials growing up with the internet, because, while we, might have, we were born before the internet, you know we grew up with it. We grew up learning how to use it. We grew up connecting with people all over the world. So we really had the world's amount of information at our fingertips. So we went from one generation being in the dark about everything else to our generation having all of the information in the world at our fingertips. And we were very, very quickly able to compare and contrast Hundreds of thousands of people's stories to our own, and we could find our group of people that were like minded. We could find people that had stories similar to ours, and we could we slowly, not really actually slowly, we in the grand scheme of time and the world and the universe, we very quickly found that we are not alone. Nothing that you have ever thought ha- is really truly, in my opinion, an original thought most likely someone else out in the universe has thought it before. Um, it could be unique to you and to your journey, but you are not the first gay person. You are not the first trans person. You, there are, these people have, have existed since the time of the Bible, uh, but it's now we're able to compare and contrast stories with other people and find comfort and find that we have a tribe of people for support. So I believe that the reason why we, you and I are so open-minded, quote unquote, open-minded compared to older generations, is because of the generation we grew up in. Um, so there's a lot of people in, that I believe that are listening to this podcast that are like, oh yeah, like gay marriage is fine, Like nobody cares about that. I'm like, but there's still two or three generations of people that are still battling with this idea because for their entire lives they were told, no, we don't talk about these things. Sure. So I think that's, that's kind of my long-winded explanation of why this still needs to be a topic of conversation because um, people that are not heterosexual are still being um, discriminated against they're still being targeted they're still being you know harassed whatever and I truly believe it's because there's still generations of of older people that are trying to fight against everything they've ever been told by their parents and their older generations.
0: Yeah I I, I would agree with that too and I, um, I think that's kind of collectively that's one of the things that we can gift ourselves on and will only, I think, get better and better because it just yes. kind of, like, if you pull the people, they say majority of people don't give it. like, I know it feels like there's so many people out there that do not like you because of who you are and who you're attracted to, but it's just because their voices are louder and heavier, and that's why. And I, I check the stats. Most humans just don't care. They don't. But that's why we're still talking about it because it is necessary to have the uh, the awareness of it. But what I want to talk about with the sexuality aspect of it is that there's nothing wrong with you. So if you're the person that you're like, I can't tell my parents or even if you're like somebody like um, who, you know, doesn't want to get married, can't get married, any of these things, like there's nothing wrong with you. OK, so you, maybe you also have like a friend who. You're like, I really want to be like them. How are they so open? How do they get to date so fluidly? Like something like that or whatever. Know that you never know what that person's um, potential journey is behind closed doors. You don't know what they manifest inside. Um, But you do wish them all the best, okay? So how how do you detach from feeling guilt, shame, whatever that you have about your sexuality, all right? So here's how we beat, beat back it up, right? So as a heterosexual woman, right? I learned from mostly my mother, but um, I wouldn't even say mostly my mother. I'd say mostly from uh, television about how heterosexual women behaved with men. All right? Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, if I was attracted to a man, I would expect that a man would have a penis, I would expect that a man would be masculine. I would expect that a man would be taller than I would. I would expect that a man would have a job. I would expect that whatever whatever your experience is, okay? This is just some examples, okay? That's what I grew up expecting a man to quote unquote be. All right, now, um, a man would also in my perception be somebody who would be with a woman, like, I mean, again, You and I both know, like, I don't care about the gays. Like, that's this is not that conversation. But that's what we learned, okay? So your learned behavior became, it's not okay for me to not like something that's not against the norm, okay? So it's not that it's, Abnormal. It's just not as common. And it's not even that it's not as common. It's just not as common as people think that people are aware of. Y'all been there, as Jeff said, right? Like, there was a big boom in the 60s, 70s. You they, they all were hiding for a while. And then you, uh-huh. you got to come out into the streets with your assless chaps and, you know, speak that you demanded health care and rights to the AIDS revolution that was happening, right? So, Um, that was the big boom for that culture. And then, you know, we, I think we discussed like, as far as I can remember from my experience, I can remember, um, lesbianism coming more into the culture around like the mid nineties, later nineties and so on and so forth. So your sexuality time is coming. All right. That, that, that's what you should be able to fall into grace with is that yes, in our culture and civilization, Heterosexuality was prominent, but it doesn't mean that it was always the correct way or only way. It just means it was quote-unquote prominent. So the the people who thought that that was the way was what they inspired their children to do. And th- that's where we talk about ancestral trauma is that it's come from generations to generations to generations of they didn't intend to make you feel this way as you were growing up, but it's just what they knew. So they passed on that information to you, what a relationship needed to look like. So when you can dissect that, does it align with who I say I want to be? Do I want to be a man who has sex with a woman with a vagina? Mm, that really doesn't appeal to me. Oh, okay. Well, then you find another human being with nerve endings and it feels good. And as long as you guys are consenting in it and you're having fun, get on it, Right. When you detach from what a man is supposed to be, those qualities that I listed or whatever your perception is. You want to dig a little deeper at that, right? If we even, if, if even if we collectively agree that, yep, men men are men if they have a penis, which is bullshit, right? That's just an anatomy part. <laughs> it's not a, a distinctive feature of who a person is. And we don't even get to decide what a man is. Like, we're all just out there collectively. If you see somebody that's kind of hairier or kind of taller than the other sex that's running around, we're going to call that a guy. That's what we determined, right? But there's people who are born with extra body parts. We we, did, we talked about it on a podcast too, right? Hopefully that you don't give two shits about that because what does it bother bother you? But is there something wrong with science or something wrong with the human body that that happened? No, it was just the same reason you got a third nipple or a skin tag. That those skin cells decided to grow that way. It just happens. There's nothing wrong. It was just the form that was created. It didn't change the soul. So start nitpicking and pulling apart. That's what I thought I had to be. That's what it feels like somebody told me I had to be. But if it doesn't feel right within me about who I need to be, then I just need to be okay with that and letting go of all the other BS I just listed. Right? Does that make sense? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So there's nothing wrong with you if you're attracted to the penis. All right? Because realistically, I want, I think if people really just like detach from the fact that of it was the organ, like you're like, mm, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the type of stimulation that works best with your body because maybe you find that it feels best for you to have to be with a partner who fully erect is four inches or less because that's where you have the most nerve-rich endings where other women be like that is blasphemous I could only be with a partner who seven to eight inches long right like that is just a perception because your body is different their body is different so your legs are different like I don't don't know why we're arguing about any of this anymore (laughs) you know what I mean
1: yeah and no, that's the,
0: that's hard because it's your physical form, I think. You carry that around with you, obviously. And that's symbolism to who you are uh, on the outside. And I don't want to um, infer that I'm saying, like, like if you're somebody who is transgender or feels like, you know, something doesn't connect, you know, do what you need to do so that you feel like those two things align. But I want you to hear my heart when I when I tell you that what's on the inside is enough that you would never have to do anything on the outside for me to accept you for who you feel like you are. Just, you know, exactly. like... Never have to worry about going through those things. But if it makes you feel like the person you're meant to be, then that's your journey. That's why you're here, right? So um doesn't matter. I feel feel like all that sexuality wraps into that. So let's also then wrap into, I want to talk about wealth with this, right? Because I was having some aha moments um, as we were having a conversation about this over the last couple of weeks, I think, too. And just what's going on in my personal life. Okay, so when we talk about wealth, Same thing, right? You can be really upset about where you are in life right now uh, because it's not where you want to be. And if that's the choice that you make when it comes to your wealth, you're probably never going to be happy about where you're at, just so you know. And I'm sure that sounds cliche, right? But what you have to remember is that what you're chasing in this moment for the numbers in your bank account is the vibrational feeling, experience, Lifestyle that you want to obtain. And until you can feel that without the actual money in your bank, you'll never manifest the abundance that you're looking for. Did that make sense? Yeah. Because that was my disconnect all the time was that I was so frustrated and angry that I didn't have what I wanted in the here and the now, but I felt like I was working my butt off. And that's the reality. I was busting my butt doing... X amount of parties or whatever, whatever, whatever in my life, and it wasn't just you know within pure romance. This was oh, oh time, oh, time, <laughs> over time, in my corporate jobs and so on and so forth. I want you to hear my heart on that, uh, but that was me. That was me, like. Ugh, you know, that was me writing my narrative of I only just get by as an entrepreneur because most entrepreneurs don't really take off. I've heard the statistics, so getting by on the skin of my teeth is still getting by and I'm still successful in my own right instead of, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you can be an abundant person. And and while I'm definitely manifesting some additional zeros in the bank account for sure, I, I also had separated the fact that wealth had to look like a certain thing. Like, if I didn't have a certain amount of followers, then... I probably wasn't successful. But whose who's, who's eyes? Whose eyes? Right. Who's, who's say, who gets to say when I feel successful? And I've preached this for a while, but I don't think I started dissecting for myself what that really looked like. And we've had this conversation I think recently is that I I have to voice it out loud because the more I talk about it out loud, it's not just in my head, <laughs> duh. But a belief is just a thing that we think all the time, right? So if I've been running in my head, it's time for me to vocalize it out loud. And the more I vocalize it out loud, the more it becomes the actual Belief. And the belief okay. for me is, is that I've detached from the fact that um, a, a rich life has to include multiple zeros in the bank in this moment in my life. Um, it needs to be about how I spend my time. And my time is for my children when I wanted to spend for my children. And then so grateful to be able to work at two o'clock in the afternoon when children are resting or taking breaks or doing homework uh, and doing their own experiences. And the. Um, amount of followers means that that's the amount of time I work. Like if I was bigger and better than I am right now, I would have to devote more time to those people, which is what I would want to do. But that's not really in my cards. If I really look at it, what's really in my cards is living this life the way I have right now and just being present with my children, as I just said, right? I get that. But when let's say Olivia's in preschool or something, then I have that more free time to take on 10 more clients and manifest that money that I need. Um, in, in other words, I mean, in other ways that's it's not poss- It's still possible to generate more in what I'm doing now, but I don't have to take on the workload. And that's the thing that I think, you know, when it comes to wealth and work and things like that, people get wrapped up in is it. so that the busy you are, the, the more money you make. That's not necessarily the case. So those are those things that you have to untie about how you feel about wealth and money and so on and so forth to do the same things we just talked about with sexuality and your mental health. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Like, it's funny because, you know, this
1: was, I was expecting this month to be a little bit rough with bills just because Brett, you know, tested positive for COVID. So we had to be on quarantine for a couple of weeks and he had to miss out on a full week of work, which, you know, he's right now the breadwinner because um, he's been more steadily employed this year because do, through COVID than I have, and so I was really for a couple of weeks there like stressing about money, and then at some point your dang voice popped in my head again, and you know kind of reassured me that like money ebbs and flows, and that my wealth is not directly associated with the numbers in my bank, and it's more about the experiences and the time that I and how I spend my time, and so I started focusing more on. Making sure that I was doing the things for my business that I needed to do, and doing the things for my family that I needed to do, and making sure that I was focused on the right things and not just the stress of money. And then, lo and behold, like the first came and went, and like I think it was like six o'clock Sunday night, and I was just like, oh, don't we have bills to pay today? And so Brett was like, oh yeah, let's you know let's sit down and pay them. And then we we sat down and we paid our bills. Like it, it and it was like it was nothing. Like we had money in the bank, we didn't have the stress all of our bills got paid on time. I mean, I think, I hope the, you know, cause it was 6 PM on a weekend. So I don't know if paying them online counted as on time or not, but we didn't care. We paid our bills and it wasn't, it was not as stressful as I was making it out to be. So it was another reminder. And I think I said this out loud to Brett that I wish I would just like be able to stop completely stressing about the numbers in my bank, because I know that as, as long as I'm doing what I need to do for my business, the money will be there. And what if, as long as, he's doing what he needs to do for his job, the money will be there and we don't have to stress about those little things. So yeah, so it's it's like those little mantras. It's just repeating those things over and over to yourself so that you don't stress and so that your monkey mind and your anxiety don't take over because that's unfortunately who was driving my brain for the longest time was my anxiety about things and learning that wealth is not just about your bank account and it's money ebbs and flows and it's okay that Today, you have less money, but tomorrow you're going to have more money and manifesting it. And I love seeing your stories on Facebook with you, like finding money everywhere you go with Olivia because you're manifesting it. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and knowing that the pennies count just as much. And because if you disregard to go, pennies a penny, then you don't really care about money. You don't care about the, because yeah. it's not about the penny, it's about the energy of the money. That's what it's about. And that was something I just had to keep telling myself because I've been hearing that for a long time. Um, I had to read some really, really emotional currencies. A really good book to read about money, um, and I had, had to I'd have to look up the other one that I read. But it in um, I would also say by Denise Duffield Thomas. You could read um, Chillpreneur, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and Lucky Bitch is actually the first one of that. Those are actually really good books too because they talk a lot about money blocks and wealth blocks. Um, I highly recommend them for sure because it was stuff that like Tony had been telling me for years about money and um, it was just missing the emotional connection of like the femininity side of it, or like that he, he would never be able to connect with because he's obviously not an experience to be a woman, like to just know what it feels like to, you're not worthy of this, like you shouldn't have this, whatever, whatever. Okay, so um, what I want to dissect a little bit more about the wealth aspect of it is that here's like the thing, like if you go negative in a bank account, like if you logged into your bank account and you saw red numbers, like how would you feel? actually feel
1: well, I know that right now I would feel different than I did, yeah, so how would you ago. say
0: how would you say most people I actually I would be a better way to say it most people
1: anxiety like anxiety and like like a failure, you know, like how did I let it get to this point and like I suck at money blah blah blah, what was me i would pay i would I would play personally five years ago, I would play the victim game and the like, the banks are just out to get me, and, like, there's all these confusing fees
0: and blah, and... Really? You know, yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, my mine definitely would have been... My dogma was definitely, like, a... How could you, like, you see, you you never get ahead, you're always behind, like, how would you, like, nothing's ever gonna change. Who did you think you were to think that you could make it a difference? How silly of you to ever envision envision that you'd have 15,000 in one account, 5,000 in another, 1,000 in another, 30,000 in another, 10,000 in another. You're crazy, blah, 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 whatever. Um, That was always my dialogue for myself in that regard. But here's what I wanna say about that now, because you're right, like, I, I agree. Like, people, so yes, like, you feel whatever whatever term you give it right whatever you term you give it anxiety um worry fear whatever what do we say it's it's either a good feeling or not so good feeling that's all we have to say is it's not as a not so good feeling but um i'll tell you like so just the way that my bank account structured because i'm trying to get right with my finances is that i cannot use my bank my bank card ever unless i every time go into my bank account and transfer money from my account because that's just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to, it's just a strict thing I need to do. I've been doing it for a while and it's working okay. All right. So anyways, I forgot, forgot or intentionally sabotaged myself. I don't know. Uh, I forgot that I like rolled like a, a payment of something through the card instead of the r- original account. And so um, I logged in one day and saw a negative number recently, 2020 as an entrepreneur, as you know, somebody with multiple streams of income and old Rachel would have had those things we talked about. But I think what's really important is that I recognized in the moment things were different because previously, which I would have been so detached from even recognizing, when I would see those numbers in 2018 go red, my heart rate would, pace would kick in, my blood pressure would rise, I would flush. I I could tell you that now because I could see in the moment that that was not happening.
1: Right. right. It was the first right.
0: time I wasn't in my loop of reaction to seeing myself be defeated by finance that I could mm-hmm. go, holy crap, it's different than it's ever been before. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So what's important for, for me to say here, I think, is that from my experience, that's kind of when things really, really, really start to shift because it's the, you're finally out of your old autopilot that you've allowed yourself the relief to go, there's a different way. Now I'm going to try it this way. And it feels a lot better. So seeing those numbers, right? Like it cost me thirty five dollars to run whatever payment that was, and there's nothing I could do about it because I went over in my account, right? So um, the bigger picture to me was like this, like thirty five dollars like means what it means nothing because it's all energy right like nobody handed me thirty five dollars and took it away from me like it's just digital <laughs> numbers and a computer screen that are floating around that we don't even see right so for you to have to feel like so much of your worth or your um place on planet earth or your value is wrapped up in that like when you can detach and go, it really means nothing because I'm. I could. I can always make more. Have I made money before? Yeah, I can always make more money. Will I lose some money? I'll have to spend money. I all those things about money are true. Just like you had said. So when we just accept that, it's so we're so hyper focused on how much is not coming in that we don't even really enjoy what comes in even if it's paying your bills your bills sustain your life do they not they make they add convenience to your world do they not they add heat to your home they add a roof to your house they give you bed sheets to sleep in even if it's not a floor or a couch whatever like your 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 mental attitude about the things that you have to pay for is wrong right now and i can say that because i was too even if you're pissed off about your cell phone bill do you know that's not like a, that's a luxury you know that's not a necessity Right. Right? Yes. You know, your refrigerator is a luxury. It's not a necessity. Yes. Right. I'm always, I'm not preaching this to you. I know. But like, it's like, those are the things you should think about. Like your electricity is not a necessity. Somebody has to work those things and maintain those things and make sure that they are up to date, up to code and uh, can be delivered to you faster and so on and so forth. So, you know, you need to stop and just slow down and pay attention to how much money really energetically is connected in your life to almost everything you do and do not do throughout your world. So no wonder we're suffering and no wonder we're middle class or less or paycheck to paycheck or less than thereof or in, incapable of believing right now that we have access to any amount of money we, do, we want. Like you might not feel like you have opportunity, but you have access. Maybe it's vice versa, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Like you might not feel like it, but the, the truth is the truth. Like, anybody can get money, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, this has been a big com- topic of conversation for Brett and I because there's... I have I have had anxiety wrapped around my maternity leave, being self-employed, and the fact that while I'm at home on maternity leave, I cannot work and make money. But then... And so I was having all this anxiety, and he was just like, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. And then I don't... like. I don't even know how to explain it anymore it really is just manifesting that there has to be a better feeling than this so when i'm feeling anxiety and when i'm feeling stressed about something it i might freak out for a couple of minutes but then it really is just a reminding myself there's a better way to feel about this there's a better way to think about this so instead of stressing out about oh my god i'm going to be going like six weeks without work i was like how can i make six weeks worth of work or worth of profit before my maternity leave and then i was like oh yeah Black Friday is right before my maternity leave. I can do a sale. I can sell gift cards. I can literally do whatever I want because I own my business. I run things. I create the rules for myself. And so just today, you know, this is, this is airing on Wednesday. So just yesterday I posted my boudoir, you know, Black Friday sales and I instantly got people that booked and, you know, that's another stream of income. I haven't even posted in my regular photography page my black friday sales for gift cards to use in 2021 so it's like i just reminding myself that money ebbs and flows there's a better way to feel about things and no matter what it is whatever anxiety train you're on reminding yourself that there's a better way to feel helps you remember that there's a better way to think through things so when once i calm my anxiety down that's when my like boss ass bitch mentality comes in i'm like okay Let's get down to business. Let's figure this out. Let's do it before before
0: I go maternity leave, before I freak out and yeah. don't have any income coming in. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So. Yep. And so I think money, like I may have mentioned before, like money was one of the hardest for me because it was the first thing that was not a part of me that I had to work on. Like it wasn't my emotions. It wasn't my physical form that I had to detach from and forgive or whatever. It was something outside of me that I had to learn how to incorporate into my personal development. And that's why it's been, I have to, I have to word this carefully because I've been so careful about my language around income um, because it was a difficult journey. I'm choosing to make it an easier journey by shifting my thoughts and perceptions about it and recognizing that I come from abundance. Like I I know that those are all very, very hippie phrases to say, but it's the truth like it's like when you talk about like choosing positive language over not so positive language Right that that's the power of it The power is not that you wave a wand and things go the way that you want them to the power is in the choice to choose the better Feeling which means choosing the better dialogue which means choosing the better emotion which means choosing the better words Which means choosing the better action which all leads to it might sound cheesy, but it still is the better thing so once it, you're doing it, and you're quote unquote forcing yourself to do it for how long? And well, the first couple of weeks, it's like pulling teeth because it's like I can't believe I forgot to do that, and then you beat yourself up about it, and you get into the wrong loop, so you have to bounce back over there. But you know, 21 days makes a habit, 90 days makes a lifestyle change, so. Some people I'm sure get sick to death of like the gratitude that I post on my story or how much I love my life. It's not for them. I don't, I do not post it for people to be recruited into anything that I do. I do it for myself to remind the universe. I'm so grateful for it. Send me more of this. This is what I want. Exactly. So, um, I like. I like this feeling. I want more of it. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. You get to say that and you should say that. And everybody says that. So y'all can, you can associate this to anything as mm-hmm. we've been talking about this conversation, right? Like you can, associate to your intelligence who gets to determine how intelligent you are and what makes you successful as intelligent is it book smart is it if you cure cancer is just it, that it your intelligence means intelligence leads to a kind human heart so you hope open doors for people like if you are deemed to be quote unquote with a disability what okay so the word is disability but the the power and the emotion behind the word is different right disability yeah. is a terrible word as we give it a connotation in my opinion disability just means Again, something outside the collective norm that we have agreed upon as a perception of what a human being is, right? People consider it a disability, quote-unquote, to be blind, right? Like, I think that's really kind of cool. I would love to pick somebody's brain who is blind and how they perceive the world differently than we do. Um, the same thing with somebody who's deaf. The same same, same thing with somebody who... um, has Down syndrome. This is one of my favorite, favorite things. Oh, well, so autism was the thing that was on the table. So I remember I was um, there was a celebrity who was very vocal about uh, claiming that she believed that vaccinations had given her son autism and that she didn't want people to vaccinate because of that. And that's not my argument. The, argu- the, the thing I wanted to share about that is that somebody reciprocated and said, if, quote unquote, that was to lead to autism, would it be the worst thing to have a kid with autism? And that was really powerful for me because it was like, ah, like nobody's wishing ill upon children or humans, but it's like, is it the worst thing that they're all of a sudden, quote unquote, not the perception of normal, right? Right. So um, I feel that way, especially with uh, humans with Down syndrome. I think that they they don't have a disability. They have an enormous gift. They have an enormous gift to live in the power of now and be forgiving and not care as much as we care about the things that just don't matter. Uh, they were brought here with that and to not only continue reminding us, but that that's joy. They live in joy as much as they can all the time. So there's nothing wrong with you, okay? There's nothing wrong with anybody. So roll that into anything, okay? We, we had gay, well, I wrote down gay, <laughs> sexuality, <laughs> disability, your color, your creed, your religion, your mental health, uh, whether you're tech savvy or not, your intelligence level, your wealth, Um, any of it, any of it, there's nothing wrong with you. So, um, we could definitely do a second part to this series, I believe, for sure. But uh, uh, I hope you got something from this. And if you did, make sure to share, share, share because it makes you beautiful. It's a fact. Facts don't exist. So, I can make up whatever facts I want. Um, and that's really all I had for today, I think. So, tell them where they can find you. You can find me at
1: photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for that private group, it's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And get in on those Black Friday sales.
0: Yes, do it. Check out those gorgeous photos that are in the VIP page. We're going to be 18 years or older in a feminine energy to be a part of it. Um, There's some gorgeous, stunning photos of some beautiful bride in there. for sure. Okay. So sexual wellness and intimacy happens there for sure on Instagram. It's mostly stories. I'm getting better about posting, uh, and Facebook for sure. Uh, 11, is the next empowerment class. Don't forget it. And product testing happening on 1119. And there's some incredibly interesting things and a beautiful, beautiful scent coming your way. Uh, so I think that's all we got for you today. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, stay happy out there, stay healthy out there and wash your hands. Bye-bye. Bye Bye-bye.